they were just so happy to have tourists. You know, they couldn't believe it. They were just kept giving us stuff like jewelry and bags. And like, like Jay would see some guy on the street and they would like take a selfie and the guy would take off his gold ring and put Uh it on Jay's finger and be like, this is a gift for you. Thank you for coming to my country. Like this was happening every day. That's beautiful. And funny stuff would happen. Like, you know, like to do with, I guess, safety. Like we'd be going into like a really difficult city to visit. It was our our stuff kept going viral Mm. because it was like, look, tourists in Iraq, tourists visit here, tourists ate a sandwich. But I brought back the group of people, you know, they're all kind of nervous or whatever. There's Mm. like 12 of us on the bus. And um, these security guards get on, you know, they're ammo everywhere, like AK-47 guns hanging off them. And they ask for all our passports. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, like, what's happening, you know? <laughs> and they're like, they look at me, Jenna. They're like, TikTok, oh TikTok. <laughs> they're like, viral TikTok. I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's so, yeah, so funny. Yeah. I love and that. And then they're like, selfie, selfie, yeah. you know? <laughs> Welcome to the Female Leadership Collective podcast. I'm your host, Susie Clark. On the show, we're all about helping high-achieving women authentically find purpose and build fulfilling careers. I believe that the key to happiness is channeling our talents into something we really deeply care about. That's why I left my six-figure banking job in London, moved to Asia, and now run my own mission-led business in paradise. I found purpose and happiness in my life, and I want to empower you to do the same. On the show, we talk all things leadership, career, entrepreneurship, mindset, femininity, anything and everything high achieving women go through on this journey of finding purpose in life. Hey everyone, just wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about my brand new Facebook group for the community. Um, So we've had so many new joiners recently. Um, It's amazing. It's a way that we can continue the conversation together all around corporate and starting an online business. And I can chat with you about all the topics affecting you. Um, And it's also a great way to meet other like-minded women who are in the same situation as you. You never know, you might find someone you can collaborate with or even a co-founder or something like that. It's completely private. So nothing that you post will be appearing on anyone's feed. So don't worry about that. Um, And I publish a video every Tuesday answering the members questions of the week um so come join us and say hi it's completely free and the link is in the show notes so today's episode is with my lovely friend janet she is a former journalist turned travel blogger and youtuber and she also has a tour company now as well where she takes her some of her followers on tours to countries like iraq so she literally just come back from three back-to-back tours in iraq um it's now open from tourism and she'll we go all into iraq and all these amazing stories and how she went viral and she She's been on TV there and I love Janet's content because it's just so refreshing. It's so raw. She's not one of those ones who goes to take a picture by a waterfall and takes, you know, hours staging it to make it look perfect. And whilst there's nothing wrong with that, I love the refreshing side to Janet's content of being just her human experiences, you know, the things that go wrong, the good, bad, the ugly, everything. And I think it's so amazing to watch. And I think 
what results is really, really engaged um, followers and amazing relationships with her audience, so much so that she can start a travel company and, you know, meet them in person. And I, I think it's an amazing example of someone who who continued searching until she found something that really she felt passionate and aligned with. And um, I'm so excited for everything that you'll learn on this episode because it's extremely actionable as well. So for anybody wondering how how they could travel the world and make money um, and they don't necessarily want to turn into a cliche kind of Instagram girl, as Janet calls it, um, this episode is, is amazing. And she gives such amazing tips on how to get started. Welcome, Janet. Thanks so much for coming on today. I know that we rescheduled this a lot of times, so it's amazing to finally be in the same room recording together. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And yeah, happy to finally have made it. <laughs> yes, I'm excited for this chat because it's a bit different to uh, everybody else that I've brought on. So it's going to be good. Um, so let's start with a little intro to Janet. So maybe just walk us through what you do, what you do now. I know we're going to go into your past career. So yeah, just give everyone a little yeah. Overview. Sure, no problem. Uh, so right now, I guess I could call myself a travel vlogger. I could say travel influencer, but I kind of hate that word. So <laughs> no, I'm just like a travel vlogger. I mainly do YouTube, um, but also Instagram, TikTok, you know, all the usual things. And then on the side, I say on the side, but it's now becoming my full time thing. Um, I run a I run tours for my followers, I guess is how I say it. Um, which started only eight months ago, but now is probably going to be the main thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do a lot of campaigns with tourism boards. I've worked with the Indonesian tourism board before, Japanese tourism board, Irish tourism board, everything. Um, and I've been doing that for almost 10 years. Yeah. yeah so so exciting. I feel like there's so many questions that I have. Here. I'm like, I need to keep it into <laughs> like 40 minutes. Um, okay. So let's go way back. Yeah. So where, where did you start your career? I know you just mentioned just before you had a couple of like stints in tech and, and corporate. Could you just um, set the scene for where you started? Yeah, totally. Um, I guess like my life has been super complicated, but I studied, first of all, I studied like business in French, European business and French in university. Um, and then I studied journalism. And then I actually did a master's in humanitarian action, which is essentially a master's you do if you want to work for the United Nations, or if you want to work for an NGO, like for example, if you want to go work in a refugee camp, you want to go to Haiti, or you want wow. to go to Myanmar, or you want to go to manage a camp in Juba and South Sudan, you do this course. And everyone that graduated from this course went on to work for an NGO, Save the Children or the United Nations or something like that, um, which was always my plan. And I guess I can always go back to that if this doesn't work out. It's kind of working now. But. Yeah, <laughs> it's too late for that. <laughs> it's too late for that. If I decide I ever want to career change, that is what I would do. Um, so I did work in that area for a while. I was a, a PR and marketing I guess more PR, PR manager for an NGO in Ireland, which works with street kids in India. Cool. Um, yeah. So then I worked in India for a while. I worked in Ireland for a while. And then I did a lot of stuff in East Africa, um, in Kenya and Uganda, South Africa, stuff like that. And then I did go into the corporate stuff. Like you said, I, it, you know, working for an NGO is really hard work. Like, of course it is. Every job is hard work, but it's really emotionally hard, mm. you know, and as well, there's a lot of fundraising and you have to really work your way up in your career working for an NGO. Um, to get away from fundraising um and fundraising is probably just honestly not one of the nicest parts of it because you're essentially always asking people for yeah. money your whole life is asking people for money even outside of your working hours you're always trying to make connections yeah. 
So it was just very draining. So then I went on to work for a tech startup in Dublin. Um, and then, yeah, like I had studied journalism in the past as well. So I was always doing freelance journalism. Um, I had a job with Lonely Planet, you know, the guidebooks. Yeah. So I wrote 250 articles for Lonely oh, Planet, wow. quite a few. And then I worked for um, the Irish Times, just kind of like the Irish equivalent of the Times, and as a technology journalist. Cool. So yeah, just like kind of writing about startups because I worked in startups and then I knew a lot about them. And then I could, you know, it was interviewing startups that were about to become the next big thing, like mm. these unicorn startups or whatever. And uh, they would get full page features. And anyway, so a lot of different, I worked as a teacher for a while. Oh, wow. Yeah, so cool. lots of different jobs. Never could hold down a job for that long because I was always travel obsessed. Okay. I would say that's why maybe I'm a little bit different because I think a lot of people have the corporate career, right? Like maybe even you for yeah. five, 10 years. And you're like, no, like I really want to move to Bali or I want to change my life. I started travel before I ever started mm. working, you know? So I was always obsessed. And every employer I've ever had said I was a flight risk. <laughs> and they were right, you know? Like I had to beg people to employ me. And then normally within less than a year, I would give them my two weeks notice and they'd be so angry. I'm not going to lie. And my last ever employer was like, I can't believe you're doing this to me. Like oh. you <laughs> promised me you weren't a flight risk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just couldn't stop traveling. Yeah, it's interesting because most people on here had your stereotypical kind of, I mean, great job. Like everybody yeah. did well to get it, but it's like they, the same old story uh, just felt really boxed and this wasn't for me and things. But you, I mean, as corporate jobs go, like even the stuff in the NGO, it sounds amazing being able to go to India. Like yeah. that's the stuff people crave. So it's really interesting that you had such a wealth of experience in, in that time. But we're, so when you were doing these jobs, um, more than the more, like maybe the more tech uh, startup mm. and the journalism, did you feel like when when you left these jobs like what was the reason that you left is it just like not being able to travel getting yeah. bored like what kind of I think me like my job was really interesting both the journalism job and even the startup job like I loved sounds weird I really loved my job my colleagues were amazing I you know worked my way up I got a pay rise um he said he knew I was like to travel so he would send me to conferences around Europe to represent the company like I'll go on off you go to London there for the weekend yeah. I know that that will make you keep happy up. yeah like keep her happy you know yeah just wasn't enough I just yeah. I wanted to travel more I didn't want a nine-to-five job I couldn't bear the thought that I was living for the weekend every yeah. weekend and then all I wanted to do at the weekend was like go abroad. Mm. You can't afford to go abroad every weekend. So I guess really, I'm not saying I wasn't happy because I did. I just wasn't that happy, I yeah. guess you could say. I know some people are like, oh, it's miserable. I can't say that. I wasn't. Mm. I was really making the most of my weekends. And I don't think I was miserable, but I knew there was more out there. And my thing is I had had my travel blog since I finished, since I finished my first degree. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I always had it and it was always just a hobby and I was always doing it for fun. And it wasn't until like, I don't know, at this stage, probably like eight years ago or something that I realized you could make full-time income. Mm. I didn't know that was a thing. And that's why, so during the tech job, during the journalism job, I was really working on the blog behind mm. the scenes. So in the end, I quit the tech job, gave them two weeks notice and booked a one-way ticket to South Africa. Nice. I couldn't even really fully afford to go. I'm not going to lie. Like I definitely took the leap. I would say too early. Like, I'm not saying I regret it, but if I was to give advice to people now, I would be like, yeah, maybe have another five, 10,000 saved mm -hmm. before you do what I did. I had probably 3,000 to my name. Um, but I made it work. Yeah. Because I, I was like, I can't fail. Yeah. I can't. 
Yeah, it sounds to me more like a freedom thing. It sounds like the the confines of a job and the Monday to Friday thing just wasn't quite there, yeah. you know? No. I, I couldn't do it and I can never, ever go back to it. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I just like, even the thought of it, like I just, I love, even in Bali, like but not just Bali, like anywhere, the freedom we have. Yeah. Even if it's still, it sounds weird, but like, and you're probably the same, but I think I work more than 40 hours a week now. Like I yeah. might even work 60 hours a week, mm -hmm. but I'm working on my own business. I'm working on my own projects. I'm doing stuff I want to do and I'm doing the hours that I want to work. Yeah. You know, so it feels different. Yeah. And that's what it should be about, really. Like we should be spending our lives doing things that we love and bring us joy. And we're fortunate enough that the world runs like it does, that there's opportunities to make money with that as well, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but so many people, I think, just don't see examples of this which is the whole point of the show yeah but, literally they don't see examples yeah. and they're just too scared to take the leap you yeah. really don't need that much money and then you have to be willing to like try and find a project that you're passionate about and that you can make money from yeah some people are just too scared to make that leap I guess yeah so at what point was your blog when you went to South Africa like was it um a monetized place was it like gaining a lot of traction yeah like, what level it, was it, it was definitely monetized it had won a few like little words and things cool. like that so it had got some publicity but it wasn't making it wasn't even making a thousand a month let's put mm -hmm. it at that so when I went to South Africa I what I did was then I just did freelance journalism so I kept up the work with Lonely Planet I worked for Skyscanner literally anyone that would accept me yeah uh, knowing that I wasn't in the country obviously um and I would just write enough articles to keep me going mm. so that was it and then most of my time went into the blog and I would say then within six months to a year the blog was making good a good income and how like for people that don't necessarily know and I know there's a few options yeah. how was the blog making money uh so mainly like with a travel blog or with any blog uh once you get a certain amount of traffic so I think at the moment it's fifty thousand views a month mm -hmm. uh you can join some ad platforms such mm -hmm. as mediavine and once you join then something like mediavine um you make passive income monthly mm -hmm. based on the amount of people reading your blog looking at mm -hmm. the ads then you have affiliate links you know like to airlines to hostels to hotels to travel yeah. insurance um and then you have sponsored trips as well so by, I would say before COVID, like the year or two before COVID, that was probably my main streams of income. Um, say like the Japan tourism board, like, hey, Janet, uh, we want you to come to Japan for three weeks. Um, we want you to do Instagram posts, maybe write two blog posts on your travel blog and maybe make one YouTube video, mm -hmm. something like this. And then you charge based on your time, based on how long the trip is, what, what the deliverables are. But I mean, like, just as an example, in 2019, I did 17 of those trips. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How do you make those connections? Um, I went to a lot of conferences. Um, I think it's funny because I think people just think, oh, yeah, travel bloggers. But like, did you know there's conferences for travel bloggers? No. Yes. Yeah. So oh, wow. Big ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I spoke at one in America, in Alabama. It was pretty random. And I spoke at one in Europe, in the Czech Republic. And if you're speaking, even if it's on like Pinterest or whatever you're talking about, you know, obviously just more people pay attention to you if you're a speaker mm. and then the tourism boards will come find you afterwards. Yeah. yeah, that sounds smart. That sounds like like I, what I really love about you is you always do things differently though I think anyway that's been my perception in, yeah. in a good way and I think a lot of travel bloggers focus so much on the audience which obviously is really important yes. but then to get great content out to the audience you need the opportunities mm -hmm. as well so it's like making those connections and building your personal brand 
with these connections that can give you yeah. those opportunities oh for sure because the thing is like even if say if you're living in bali and there's a lot of travel influencers here like making some of the same same content but a lot of it very beautiful you know yeah. the waterfalls and the bamboo villas yeah. and all of this but it's kind of the same 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 yeah whereas they need to like make the contacts with you know say unique tourism boards maybe it's japan or korea or whatever and then travel to those countries and kind of make content that not a lot of people have seen mm. and i think then that definitely helps me to grow mm. and whenever i go to destination where not a lot of people have gone or like i did the trans-siberian a few years ago like the one month train trip across russia and i definitely oh, yeah. saw my following grow then because people are like this is crazy like this girl is literally you know going solo across russia she doesn't speak any Russian. Yeah. <laughs> and I was making daily vlogs, just vlogging every day. Yeah. And, uh, just stuff like that, you know. Yeah, things. that's, I mean, it sounds amazing. Like the dream. I'm sure people are thinking like, wow. Um, Actually on this, on the, I think that's such a good tip, the conference thing. Is there, I would love to put some links in the show notes sure. to like good conference. Because there might be someone listening who's like, oh, I would love to do that. Where do I start? And like, it might be a good start to just go and see oh, what it's sure. all about. Chat to some Absolutely. People. The conferences are actually mainly for um the reason I said talking about speaking is because they really are for beginner bloggers yeah. you know it's for people starting out so I think these days when I go <laughs> if I'm honest it's for the social aspect yeah. you know just to meet all my friends um but years ago obviously they teach you everything like yeah. they, these are everyone speaking is an expert travel blogger or influencer or video maker um so there's I'll give you some links but Traverse is one um TBEX which means travel blogger conference I think um, there's TBEX America and TBEX Europe. And then there's one called Travel Con, which Nomadic Matt runs. And I think he runs that yeah, in somewhere in America, like uh, Texas somewhere. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I liked something I didn't know as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go back to so South Africa. Um, you land in South Africa. You're making it work. I also had a question around um, getting your freelance work. So yeah. how did you, like any tips for... Did you, did you do a lot of outreach to make those connections? Yeah. How did you get those I have skits? a funny tip, actually, that worked for me. And it kind of worked for another, a few other people I told. <clears throat> because often these jobs aren't advertised, you know, yeah. like, because they always get so many applications and stuff. So sometimes it's about who you know and contacts and making those contacts work. But my Skyscanner job uh, was pretty funny. So I had written a blog post. I mean, we're talking like maybe eight years ago. And it was how to find cheap, cheap flights on Skyscanner which I think kind of everybody knows now, but about eight years ago, not a lot of people knew the tricks of the trade, like yeah. click everywhere. And, you know, then all the cheapest flights come yeah. up and, you know, turn off the cookies and all this. I mean, of. I don't know this stuff. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 I used to like, my hobby was searching for flights. Like mm -hmm. every weekend I was searching for flights. So I wrote this crazy long blog post and within about three weeks, it was number one on Google. Oh, for, wow. For the word Skyscanner. Not for how to book flights to Skyscanner, not Skyscanner tips and tricks, just for the word Skyscanner. Nice. And the website number two was Skyscanner. And oh I'm my like, God, it beats Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's I'm like, crazy. this is crazy. So I was like, yeah, hey, I must be good at this SEO stuff. Yeah. You know? So what I did was I was very cheeky and I reached out to Skyscanner and I said, hey, did you know my website outranks <laughs> your website on Google? And they, you know, kind of laughed it off and they said, do you want to come work with us? So I was like, yeah, it's kind of why I'm emailing you. Cool. Um, so then I started doing quite a lot of work for them, actually, like a lot of articles, running their blog. Uh, and actually, that's a funny story. Yesterday, I was, because, um, you know, you forget if, you, if you're a freelance writer 
and you can ask any freelance writer this you've written probably thousands of articles mm-hmm. for other people and you can't remember what you've written yeah so yesterday I was googling like I, I really want to get a credit card that gets me travel points mm-hmm. and in Ireland that's not really a thing so I was googling like uh, what travel what credit cards are the best for travel to get points and this article came up and I was like oh this is good now and I was reading it and I scrolled up who wrote the article me <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that me. I'm like so oh my god that's hilarious I wrote it like seven years ago <laughs> oh, yeah, this is good information yeah I was like oh this is a good article <laughs> yeah, that's so funny of course it's good I wrote it yeah I love that that's brilliant yeah, so um I, um I have so many questions I'm like trying to no, slice through them in my head too yeah. um writing like how did you I think so many people in corporate jobs don't get the opportunity to have that creative outlet and people love writing but obviously like going out and writing articles and things there's a specific way to do it how did you learn how to write and like how did you get your writing I know practice is a big Mm -hmm. part of it but any tips for kind of learning good copywriting and good yeah I mean I guess I was lucky because I did a degree in journalism so I learned over three years um but I was always into writing you know even when I was in school like in primary school I was looking in my dad in in my parents house you know they have this big box you know all your old school books and stuff Mm. and I was looking through some copy books and I'm talking primary school like elementary school and um there was reports from teachers saying like she's it's funny actually they're saying that she's either going to be a writer or a tv presenter oh cool they got that right i can see Um, you as a presenter yeah yeah i mean like anyway your youtube is kind of your own your own travel show you know so yeah yeah, i mean from a very early age i was i was really creative Mm. i had like a wild mind i was Mm. really into storytelling um but i think just practice honestly that's the truth like i always say don't work for free but when you're just starting out Maybe, maybe a little yeah. bit. Like offer your services or if other people are willing to train you, that's almost payment, you know? Yeah. Um, so write for other blogs or just maybe start your own blog and start finding your style. Yeah, I think that's a great tip because that's definitely something people can do whilst they still have their jobs as well. And especially like financially, they don't, if they've got their jobs still, they don't necessarily need to be making money straight yeah. away off no, the writing. For sure. So kind of low risk and I think if some opportunities come up like just on the working for free thing like I would do them so one example I had was um it's funny when I think about it that they didn't pay but I honestly didn't care but I wrote one article uh for National Geographic Mm -hmm. which when you're a writer or a travel writer that's like the gold gold standard like to get your name published in there and they were looking for specific travel tips for a city where I had happened to live in in, um, oh, cool. in the Netherlands. I did my master's there. And so I just wrote it up, not thinking anything, sent it off. And it wasn't until a few weeks later that my friends were like, oh, I saw your article in National Geographic. I'm like, what? Like, no. they didn't even tell me they published it, oh. you know? But And they also didn't pay me. But I was just like, I just honestly, I know probably now I'd be like, oh, that's bad. But I didn't care. Because yeah. I was just like, now I'm adding that to my CV. Yeah. I'm adding it to my LinkedIn. Yeah. And so I think if you get an opportunity like that, um, just take it, yeah. you know, and you're learning as well. Yeah. You're learning as you go. Definitely. Um, okay. So I think let's take it to, so you obviously built this amazing travel blog. You've got YouTube now. When did, like, could you give us a bit of a summary of like, yeah. the, the blog as it the is whole now? Thing. Yeah. So the blog as it is now is gone. Okay. I sold it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know you I could know. do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. you can do it. It's an asset. You know, nice. I built it up for 10 years. So I sold it a month ago. Oh, yeah. congrats. Yeah, thank How you. How does it feel? 
good it feels okay. good a uh, bit sad you know 10 years of memories and writing and articles and mm -hmm. all my photos everything is on there and now that is under someone else's ownership yeah. which is very strange my family is not happy they're just like but that's your blog like it's journalist on the run how could journalist on the run belong to someone else I'm yeah like, it does yeah it, does <laughs> yeah, it belongs to a man in south africa oh wow. yeah randomly how, how it goes um so yeah i would say about i guess four years ago now maybe two years before covid i um was started to get into youtube mm -hmm. so to be honest i've been doing the blog for almost 10 years full-time for say five years and like you said yes writing is fun and writing is creative but you do the you do too much of anything mm. and you get a bit sick of it you know yeah. and for me it's funny because in all those careers, even though they were fun, you know, the journalism and the startup and everything, I do get bored easily, you yeah. know, and I do find I need to be pivoting all the time to keep my passion and to keep my enthusiasm. And I don't know, I think it's kind of important for us all to be pivoting all the time just to improve ourselves and grow in life and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a very difficult decision for me, but I was like, I'm not getting the same joy from the blog as I used to. It actually feels like more of a task than mm -hmm. anything. And these days it's not about storytelling. It's all about SEO. And like, I don't like if I'm spending my days, like eight hours a day in a cafe writing 450 things to do in Bali so that I can rank number one on, yeah. on Google. Why don't I just go home and work nine to five? Yeah. You know, that's so true. You're, and you're really fighting for it all the time. You're checking your stats all the time. And I was just like, this really isn't bringing me the same passion. Mm. And then I have to be honest, during COVID, my traffic died a lot because no one was traveling, no yeah. one was reading blogs. So it was a more case of like change to survive, you know? So I started doing YouTube and then obviously COVID hit. I turned my travel channel into a cooking channel uh, for about four months. No, yeah, just... yeah, I know. So random. Um, and that actually did really well. I grew by like 20,000 subscribers. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. That's so good. I was good. cooking from countries I had traveled to so specializing in, in the cool. cuisine yeah so that was good so it was even like within the YouTube I was pivoting yeah then obviously I pivoted back to travel once I was able to travel again um that's so um, smart by the way just to react like that yeah put a spin on it you kind of have to take like, advantage. I mean you had to to survive during COVID because and sadly I know people that didn't and they're now back to their office jobs oh, really? and really that is that's my absolute worst nightmare no it's heartbreaking yeah people like quit their blogs like they still have it but it's not making yeah. any money and they just didn't pivot yeah I know it's hard like it was COVID it was really hard like to totally change everything you know and, yeah. and do other work but yeah a lot of people ended up just stopping and, and it's sad to see and then obviously their, their places have been taken because mm. by now people are traveling again. A lot of people are setting up Instagrams and blogs and you can grow very fast yeah. these days. So they lost the boat. They missed the boat. Mm. It's the boat's gone oh, now, you know, so it's, it's heartbreaking. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah. So I guess in summary, I don't have the blog anymore. YouTube would be one of my main things. Mm -hmm. um, I it, it exploded in a really good way over the last year. Yeah. Um, so in the last year, I went from about 50, 50,000 to now 170,000. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's really good. So I'm, I'm able to get lots of good contracts on my yeah. YouTube and sponsorships and stuff. And then the other thing that I haven't mentioned yet, uh, which I don't know if you want to go into, but yeah. I've now started doing tours. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, I would say, a really interesting part of my business now. Um, I've only been doing it for eight months and it's absolutely insane. I, can't even explain mm. like it's incredible so yeah to talk a bit about how the tours work so um obviously you go on them as yeah, well yeah um but I love to watch the content that 
of the tours that you've just done and we'll go into the Iraq thing and all the countries yeah but like what's so nice for me to see is that you get to see these followers in this audience that that have such a relationship with you you get to actually see them in person which I don't think a lot of no sort of um influencers or bloggers get to do no never it's always just you know that's your audience those are your followers and you might chat with them online or the odd time someone will come up to you in a cafe like oh I follow you on YouTube you know it's always fun but this is a case of like you know 10 to 15 people at a time so I only advertise my tours on Instagram that's Mm -hmm. it I've only ever posted it on Instagram and uh brief brief summary is essentially yeah like I went to Iraq which we can get into but after the Iraq trip um people just started messaging me saying I want to go to Iraq can you take us like I don't want to go by myself I don't know any tour company that runs tours there can you please take us and I was like this is crazy like people want to meet to bring them to Iraq like really no I say it out loud because I get it it is crazy like you know, a, a year ago, I would have been told anyone that was going to Iraq that they were crazy. Yeah. And now suddenly I'm going to organize tours to Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, so then I decided to thinking maybe I'll sell like eight spots or 10 spots, which is actually would be crazy in itself. And I ended up selling 45 spots. Oh, wow. Yes. I know was that yes. On my Iraq yeah. trip. So I did three trips, 15 people on each um, or 14. Um, so it was about 45 people in total, um, which is crazy (laughs) you know that's amazing yeah and then and then because that happened I was like well if I can sell out a trip to Iraq surely I can trip out sell out trips to other places so in September I did my first trip which was to Turkey 12 13 people of which fun story uh, all 13 of them are or all 12 of them I think are in Italy this weekend having a reunion that's lovely I love that so it's actually creating a community and because they're my followers and like you said my I guess my content is a bit different to normal yeah. influencers, let's say. Like, um, I don't just show the pretty stuff. Uh, if I'm upset, I will cry on my Instagram. I don't always use filters or makeup or mm-hmm. whatever. And my pictures aren't, you know, I'll post a selfie on my feed. I'm not saying no one does. Some people do. But I would say in general, large influencers with over 50,000 aren't really posting a selfie with some random grandmother. Yeah. You know, they're, they're posting that perfectly curated feed that does yeah. well. But yeah, so essentially, it, just to explain that, it, it's like people that like that type of content come on my trips. So people that like me, people mm-hmm. that get on with me, people that would be my friends. And so they're all similar. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they come on the trip and suddenly they're all best friends Yeah, within like a day or two. You know, so like, I think it's incredible that 12 out of 12 people that went to Turkey are now in Italy. This yeah, that's all I can't imagine how that must feel to you like so rewarding to create that so much joy in someone's life like it's amazing and I I think this is the way that business is going and like I really think like sort of solopreneurs can beat the big tour companies because people want that human connection um like what do you think as the you know as the the business owner of this tour company but also it is grown out of like a blog and people following what what do you think it is having experienced these tours that the value that they get from that dynamic versus they just book a tour online? yeah I think there's a few different things so the first thing is that like I've been to all the countries that we're going to personally mm-hmm. and I designed the itinerary based on similar itineraries that I've done as a solo traveler so as one example if you book with a big tour company like G Adventures yeah. or whatever or maybe not so much them because they're pretty good as well, but mm-hmm. some other basic, say, tour company. Um, often say, like, 
certain meals will include it and you're going to those like touristy restaurants that they bring you to and I'm just like I know I hate those places so I never want to bring my people to those places yeah. so it's like sure it makes it a bit trickier like I will essentially force the bus driver to bring us to like the most local shack of a place ever which yeah. has really good food and we'll all eat there mm. you know where some companies are like oh like people might get food poisoning we shouldn't bring them there I'm like but that's the best food there's some like grandmother cooking this food yeah. like so that'd be one example the second example is 99% of the people that come on my tours are from Ireland right yes As they're so, such a loyal bunch <laughs> yes very loyal Irish people are crazy loyal and you know I'm Irish obviously and so a lot of my followers are Irish and they get on with each other, you know, and then it makes it easier for them to travel in the future because they're all from Ireland. Not all, but like 98% maybe. And so then, you know, like Italy this weekend, they were all able to book a Ryanair flight to Italy and yeah. go off. Yeah. Whereas if half the group was from like South America and America, yeah. wherever, it's way harder to organize mm-hmm. that kind of reunion. And they've already had a reunion. This is like the third reunion. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's definitely it. a community. And then I think as well, just like, they see the type of travel I do. They see the type of person I am. So they're all in some way kind of similar to me. Mm. They're very chilled out. They're very laid back. I would say they're not Instagram girls. Mm-hmm. I would make that clear because I'm not an Instagram girl. So when we do the trips, we get nice photos. I'll help them get their Instagram pictures, all this kind of stuff. But I do know other influencers and it's just a different market and they do very well as well that are doing tours as well. Mm. But it's very much like a photo tour. You know? Okay, go yeah. to this beautiful waterfall. Yes, the hot and they will and show you how to. And they will hire a full time photographer and okay. like get like the Instagram shots. Yeah, my girls are not interested in that. Yeah, you know, they're more interested in going to the bar and having a beer <laughs> in the nicest way possible, or like you know, having a sing song in a local. Yeah, that sounds has. amazing. Yeah, oh, I've so. already asked you. I'm like, I want to come to. This I know, and, and it's like even my friends here, like loads of them have said that, and like I honestly think they love it yeah because I know that they would get along with the people that yeah. come on my tours yeah it's so yeah. good I'm so good I'm so happy for you for yeah that. like that kind of just went that way you know? yeah so like it, it is crazy like it only started in September so that I had I can name it I had Turkey and then I had Iraq and then obviously I took winter off I came back to Bali and then just now I've just got back like three days ago and I did um two trips to Sri Lanka and two trips to Iraq and one trip to Jordan in one go so it was absolutely incredible having I think 80 people passing through so 80 of my followers have now traveled with me in the last eight that's months. amazing yeah so oh yeah cool. right let's talk about Iraq because mm. I, and, and this kind of comes from a place of like well it was an observation of mine to be honest like I when I like first met you and like you know saw your Instagram page and saw everything and I my first feeling was like oh it's just really refreshing <laughs> like it just like I don't know how you would describe it in your words but your content is just real and human and I just trust what you're doing and but I also like how you share it feels like you share everything which is great because I get to see everything it's like not like even I remember seeing something you were in Bali and you wanted to go to Komodo or one of those islands and like some everything got cancelled and I was like honestly got the popcorn out for a few (laughs) days like watching this like yeah yeah and I really love that and I think that possibly might go into like why you chose Iraq but like what um, why do you think your content is is like that is it intentional or is that just authentically to you and then I guess we can spin on to like yeah. why you went to Iraq. Yeah, I think it's a mixture. Like it's definitely authentically me. I've always been like that. I've always been very like raw and real. And 
I do just share everything. And often, I'm not going to lie, it hasn't actually always worked for me. Like, I mean, I guess now it does because I found the right audience that enjoys that content. Mm -hmm. But there was definitely, you know, a year or two when I was in Bali and my content never did really do as well as everyone else's because they, everyone was focused on those like perfect Instagram Mm -hmm. girls. And my, say, pictures weren't like that. But my, and my stories were super real. And people did just want to see like, oh, the beautiful smoothie bowl. And oh, I'm a kind community. And yeah. you know, this. There was, but there was a year when everyone was obsessed with that. Yeah. Do you remember? And it was like, you wanted to see all this perfect aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And so, but I just kept continuing to do what I do, which is mm-hmm. just be super real, show all my travels, show everything that goes wrong. Like that trip was Flores and it was right before ballet lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I almost got locked in, locked down in Flores. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Which I really didn't want to get yeah. locked out of ballet. I was freaking out. And yeah, like I just showed everything. You know, my bike broke down. Mm-hmm. I almost fell off the side of a cliff. I oh couldn't find somewhere to stay. I ran out of petrol. My phone stopped working. So much stuff went wrong. Yeah. So much stuff went wrong. But I just shared all of it because that's the reality of travel. Yeah. And that's the reality of backpacking. And I think slowly it did mean that even if, say, like some people that might have my following were getting, I don't know, like 20 or 30,000 story views, maybe I was only getting five back then. But it was 5,000 people that were literally obsessed yeah. with every yeah. move, you know, rather than 10,000 people where they're just like, oh, I'm not that bothered mm. or I just want to see what she's up to, whatever. Yeah, or it's just a viral picture, you know? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And same with then with Iraq. Like, uh, when I was there, obviously, like, I left Bali and I didn't really know what I was doing with my life, which was only a year ago. It's hilarious. Like, I literally was lost a year ago. Mm-hmm. And COVID had killed my blog. YouTube wasn't even doing that well. So randomly decided to go to Iraq. They just opened for tourism um two of my other friends that I actually didn't really know but I met like, friends how with. did you randomly decide to go to Iraq I want to know when it came into your brain yeah like well no but that's literally it I was in Turkey and I met up with a friend that I had actually never he's a friend now but I'd never met up with him we were online friends and he told me I'm going to Iraq next week right. yes and I said you're crazy like you can't go to Iraq <laughs> yeah you can't no literally that's what I said and he was like no really you can't so I just laughed it off, went back, typical Janet, and Googled, <laughs> can you go to Iraq? Mm-hmm. And is it safe to go to Iraq? And can you get a tourist visa for Iraq? And it turns out you could. They had been open for a few months, first time in 20 years. Wow. That you can get a tourist visa for Iraq. And I was like, I have got to do this. Like, this sounds epic. And I love a good adventure. I love a good adventure. And I hadn't had one in a while because of COVID. I was living in Bali. Mm-hmm. Bali is the dream life. It's not an adventure. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's not. You go get your smoothie bowl yeah. and your coffee. I love it. Don't get, I just had a smoothie bowl and a coffee. Yeah. And I crave it when I'm away. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, oh, stop complaining and talking about Bali. Like, we get it. You love it. But... I needed an adventure mm. like when I was younger when I was 18 19 all I did was adventures like I backpacked I hitchhiked to Africa I hitchhiked cool. all the way through East Africa and did crazy train trips and anyway so I wanted an adventure signed up my parents were not happy um in a big way <laughs> but it turned out to be like the trip of a lifetime essentially you know the first day or two we were a bit scared we were a bit nervous um the guy I was with one American guy he was probably scared or more scared than I was and then probably by day three or four we realized wow like this is fine it's like yeah there's checkpoints and there's places you can't go and you know there's you have to be kind of careful in some areas but in general this is a country that's open for travel and 
the people are dying for tourists to come yeah. back. You're, you're, you're definitely a novelty. You know, they're like, what are you doing here? Like, have you really chosen Iraq for your holiday? You know, <laughs> um, but just, it was phenomenal. Like the people were so generous. The food was incredible. You know, we went to Babylon, yeah, Basra, like Mosul, which was a city that was taken over by ISIS for four years. And there's a lot of sad stuff as well, but yeah, probably one of the best trips of my whole life. Yeah, like I loved watching it. Again, I was bricked at like, I've just never seen and just, you know, a normal person go there. And it's amazing to see like what it's like now. And it was so emotive, a lot of what you were posting yeah. around people's reactions and every like everyday people like Iraqi people just so happy to see a glimmer of like normality I suppose which they haven't seen for so long they were just so happy to have tourists you know they couldn't believe it they were just kept giving us stuff like jewelry and bags and like Mm. like Jay would see some guy on the street and they would like take a selfie and the guy would take off his gold ring and put Uh it on Jay's finger and be like this is a gift for you thank you for coming to my country like this was happening every day that's beautiful and funny stuff would happen like you know like to do with I guess safety like we'd be going into like a really difficult city to visit there there are still cities that are like full military presence and stuff well the whole country posting on Instagram and TikToks and all this and so like uh, some funny stuff happened because our our stuff kept going viral because it was like look tourists in Iraq yeah tourists visit here tourists ate a sandwich you you got on TV yeah we got on TV (laughs) we got in the newspaper like everything and like uh this was this was actually when I came back when I when I went back in November so that was my first tour that I was only like two or three months later but I brought back the group of people you know they're all kind of nervous or whatever there's like 12 of us on the bus and um these security guards get on you know they're ammo everywhere like AK-47 guns hanging off them and they ask for all our passports and they're like going through them one at a time you know like big mustaches looking at us and they get to my one and they're like looking and then they're like Janet and then I'm like, oh, fuck, like, what's happening, you know? <laughs> and they're like, they look at me, Janet. They're like, TikTok, oh TikTok. <laughs> they're like, viral TikTok. I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's so, yeah, so funny. Yeah. I love that. And then they're like, selfie, selfie, you know? So I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. And the whole bus just burst out laughing, yeah. you know? And so relax. many, so, yeah, relax. So many stuff like that happened. Like, there was another guy came, and this was just on the last trip, and he was so funny. He obviously didn't know any English except, A, what he'd learned in school but couldn't really remember, or B, what he had heard other soldiers saying. Mm-hmm. So this is this was the biggest group I ever bought. There was like 16 of us plus some other Iraqi people on the bus. And um, he gets on, quite young looking, you know, gun, everything. And he says, everyone stand up. We're all up. And then he was like, sit down. And he kind of giggles. Then he's like, you are all under arrest. Oh my God. <laughs> but, but like, we knew he was joking. Yeah. You know? It was, that was the only three sentences he knew in English. Oh and he burst out laughing. Oh ha 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 ha. You know, and we were just like, huh? What you is know? life? And I think if that had been August and someone did that, I probably would have freaked out. Yeah. But because I know the Iraqi people so well and their sense of humor and everything at this stage, yeah. I knew that it was just joke, you know, wow. and obviously we hadn't done anything wrong, but. Yeah, just That's so funny. It's a country you will you can't compare anywhere else to it because it, you know, again, it's so new to tourism. They've been so sheltered from tourists. Yeah. And we've been so sheltered from them. We've no idea. All yeah. we ever saw was war. We don't know that there's like amazing musicians, comedians, yeah. crazy hairstyles, like they're really into like um like eyebrows done and you know, just all this kind of stuff that you wouldn't know. Yeah. What was your favorite bit about it? Like favorite um, bit about the country? I don't know I get like I think just the people I know that's like a like common answer but just the people you know I made such good friends 
so many now of my followers are from Iraq. Mm. And, and I think, you know what, one thing I will say is the people, but not the people actually even there. So I got so many messages that literally made me cry. Um, a lot of them from Iraqi people living in Ireland that mm-hmm. had left during Saddam's time or before where their family left and they actually never went there. And they just said like, thank you. Like, thank you, thank Aww. you, thank you for showing me my home country yeah. in a good light, for telling the world that Iraq is a good place yeah. and, and a friendly place and a safe place. And just, yeah, one guy was like for giving me the confidence to return to my home country. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. So he's, he's going back this year to visit. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. I would actually like want to take this like moment to just, you know, if anybody listening is like, oh my God, I want to go on an adventure. Around <laughs> yeah. good. Like what would you say to them to make them feel, you know, comfortable around going? Yeah, I mean, it's just an incredible place. Like I would say just, there's a, there's a Facebook group called Iraqi Travelers Cafe. And anyone that's going to Iraq essentially joins that group on Facebook mm-hmm. and all of the travel advice is there mm-hmm. if, if you're looking to go. And uh, you can find other travel buddies or you can talk to people that live there. Uh, Couchsurfing is really big there. Really? Yeah, really big. So if you you don't have a lot of money, you can go and couchsurf with Iraqi people and stay in their homes. Um, Yeah, that's it. I I would recommend everyone go soon. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... I had so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> We've got like five minutes yeah. left. So any like I would love to just talk about because you've got so many travel stories and like you just reeled off hitchhiking, all of this, all of this. What's like a standout travel story or place or experience that you've had over your entire career? Oh, wow. Um, and I know Iraq would probably be one of them. Yeah, it would have to be up there for sure. That one. Iraq and then I would say Syria was amazing as well, just because I don't know anyone that's been to Syria yeah. and I only went there a few months ago, but you know, it was, it was so difficult as well. I don't think I could, like, I don't think I could even list it in my top just because mm-hmm. it was just so difficult and there's still doubts in my mind of whether I should have gone or not. I'm right. not gonna lie. So um, honestly, like, you know, obviously with everything that's going on in Russia right now or, or Ukraine, I should say, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to say, but I really did enjoy that trip in Russia, mm. you know, that, that Trans-Siberian, because it was more than just the train. Like what I did was I started in Moscow and I went the whole way across Russia and then I took a boat and the boat brought me to Korea. Oh, wow. So I actually went from Europe to Asia without flying, yeah. which was incredible. Um, so that would be up there. And then another one actually that I did with my friend who's living here in Bali with me is we did a trip called Cork to Cape Town. Mm-hmm. where we went from or the plan was to go from Ireland from Cork in Ireland to South Africa without flying so it's 30 countries cool. nine months and every country there we had an adventure every country we passed through every so many difficult things came up along the way mm-hmm. so many funny things difficult things you know challenges yeah. like uh, civil war was breaking out one co- oh country God. and currency had been devalued in another country and we were trying to get cargo ships and yeah. like every day was an adventure and it was something I remember I think b- back at the time that probably launched my blog because it was such fascinating writing mm-hmm. and every day people would be glued kind of the way now say when I was in Iraq or in Syria like um, people were glued but back then it was like that but people just reading the blog every day and then you know with the Iraq thing I just remember the funny thing was uh, I got thousands of new followers you mm-hmm. know when I went to Iraq because everyone was like check out this Irish girl you know and I think that's where now the majority of my Irish followers have come from which is really funny is because people were sharing my Iraq trip but I met people and uh they were telling me such funny stories like um 
it would be like the current or the most popular talk topic in their WhatsApp groups. You know that we have a family WhatsApp. Yeah. And this isn't just one family. This is like hundreds of families in Ireland. Like so many people would message me and they would wake up in the morning and their whole family would be talking about my Iraq. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they just, I don't know. I just think it's so funny. Yeah. I can't imagine like all these families in Ireland, like on their WhatsApp, just talking about me. Janet in Ireland. Yeah. I don't know. It's so funny. <laughs> it like. is funny, but like amazing at the same yeah. time. And I can understand why. Yeah. Because they were just like glued. Yeah. And, and like what you were saying, you know, with my content being a bit different, and how like you know you'd always be like oh what's she up to now like whatever and definitely stories like that like they really heartwarming stories I have mm-hmm. to say like like one woman would say like you know I, I can't I, I can't wait to watch your stories but I make myself wait okay so she gets up in the morning she makes a cup of tea and then she pops her phone up against like another cup and then she's like okay now it's time to watch Janice's stories. Oh, it's like a TV show, yeah. you know? It's like waiting for watch Home and Away or Neighbours yeah. or something. And, and loads of comments like that. Like loads of people that like, they're like, no, we don't wait during the day. We wait till we get home from work. It's me and my husband. We prop up the iPad. Oh my God, and that's then it's so cute. Janet's stories time. Oh my God, that's <laughs> so cute. I love that. And I yeah. think like, what an amazing thing to bring that like entertainment and joy yeah. and also like education as well, because you really are educating people on different places and what's possible for oh, them. For sure. Um, yeah, I can see. I'm so glad that you kind of, I'm, I'm so like proud that you, didn't just stay in something mm. that didn't quite feel yeah. right and keep yeah. finding keep searching keep searching and now like look how many adventures yeah, you'll go for on. sure and I even now I'm like I mean obviously not even a year has passed since I did that pivot but even now I am like okay don't get too comfortable mm. like I could easily just stay in Bali for the rest of the year and kind of almost get stuck in a rut I guess I could say mm. but I'm already got like some really big adventures planned cool. which you'll find out about soon yes I'm excited. Um, in addition to like my group trips and stuff so I definitely am planning to keep it exciting yeah yeah definitely yeah amazing okay so we're gonna wrap up because we've, I feel like we're covered loads so yeah. I was like trying to pack definitely. it all in um but where can the listeners find you and I think also the trips as well where yeah. can they find them yeah so my Instagram is at Janet Newenham I'll send you a link to that and if you want to come on one of my many trips it's at Janet's Journeys mm-hmm. so Janet with an S underscore journeys Perfect. at Janet's Journeys and the YouTube as well I'll put the link just my to. name yeah cool and all the links will be in the show notes so you can go and see what we've all been talking about and see some of janet's iraq stories and everything yeah thank you so much for having me it's been so fun Hey everyone, just wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about my brand new Facebook group for the community. Um, So we've had so many new joiners recently. Um, It's amazing. It's a way that we can continue the conversation together all around corporate and starting an online business. And I can chat with you about all the topics affecting you. Um, And it's also a great way to meet other like-minded women who are in the same situation as you. You never know, you might find someone you can collaborate with or even a co-founder or something like that it's completely private so nothing that you post will be appearing on anyone's feed so don't worry about that Um, and I publish a video every Tuesday answering the members questions of the week Um, so come join us and say hi it's completely free and the link is in the show notes